Welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. Well, we've got um, Hannah Squires is going to come and share today. And so why don't you just give her a round of applause as she makes her way um, up to the stage. Um, there's a video that's going to play as well, so let's I watch this. I honestly don't know where to start. We led him in a prayer of, of salvation. So they found nothing in her blood. Everything was gone, and she's cancer-free. Prayed over him, prophesied over him, and he came to Jesus. So I prayed for him, and he got healed. And the next morning, she woke up, and all the pain was gone. She said she physically felt the anxiety, depression just left her body. Because God fully restored the sight in her right eye. And his ankle was just completely just broken and he could not walk. We could feel his ankle slowly moving into place. And I asked him if he wanted to stand up and take a step of faith. He stood to his feet and he took that first step. And then we got to walk all the way down the street and all the way back. This trip was just two weeks, but it changed my life. Good morning. Isn't that a cool snippet of the trip? The guy um, at the end of the video, he's the one who made that and he submitted it for a missions competition and his video actually won. So it was so cool to um, see that played at graduation in the winning video. So I um, have the privilege this morning of sharing with you about a trip that I recently got to be part of. To give you a bit of context, um, back in March, I went with a team over to Ecuador. This is where the video was shot. And... um, In our team, there were 28 of us. I think there's still a couple missing who got sick really early on in the the trip, which was a shame. Um, And we had three team leaders, two, and I'm going to try and point them out, two of which are who are from Ecuador, and their parents live in one of the cities we visited. So we had a really, really special team, um, and it was just such a gift to be part of. For those who know me and know the lead up a little bit of before I went, it was a really big step for me. Um, Not so much because of the mission trip itself, because I love the idea of missions, but because of leaving my two-year-old behind, and I didn't realise how overwhelming that would be. When I came to make the decision, um, I actually really knew that God was happy with whatever I decided. I felt him kind of give me permission to choose and, and whatever I made was okay. 
But I knew that in my going, I could give him something that I couldn't give him in my staying. And I knew that in my going, there was a level of trust and surrender I could step into that I couldn't enter into if I stayed and held on to control of my child and safety, which I had associated with control of my child. Um, And so it took me on the journey of stepping into this trip. And I just want to say before I share any stories, thank you so much to anyone who financially gave, to anyone who brought baking or um, who gave into the raffle um, project that I did or or prayed, or whatever you did, um, thank you so much for your support. I honestly can say that the the process of getting there was just as impactful to me as the process of being there. And that's because of his kindness that he showed me all along the way of this trip. Um, And it's his kindness that I really want to highlight this morning, that I feel that he wants to reveal to us in his nature today. And so I hope you can catch that in the testimonies that I get to share with you. Um, So a bit of overview, we flew into the city of Quito and we spent half of our time there. I flew over and met the team there because they're all on-campus students. So I got to do three flights by myself. Those who've flown know that's long. And um, and then we spent half of our trip in the city of Cuenca as well. So we moved between two different cities with one night in the middle in a small um, indigenous community of Guamote. So it was a really, um, really special time spread out between the two cities. We worked with different organisations, um, particularly one in Quito who's called Casa Mesuenos, or if you're Spanish and I pronounce it wrong, I'm very sorry. Um, but it means House of Dreams. They run six different projects in the city of Quito and we got to be part of four of them. Um, we worked with churches, we did um, juvenile detention centre ministry, we did um, outreach projects with kids, um, we did treasure hunting, we shared, we, yeah, basically if God put someone in front of us, they were the person that we were asked to minister to. So it was amazing to be part of. Um, so I'm just going to jump through some testimonies this morning. They're not necessarily in order. And I really had to sift through what ones to share because there are so many. So just know that this is like the tip of the iceberg of what he did. We saw 12 salvations. We saw like close to 100 physical healings. We saw countless people experience the love and the hope of God through prophetic words, through prophecy, through words of encouragement. So it was just such a special gift to be part of. Um, So I want to start with um, a bit of a story about a, a young boy called Victor. And five years before this trip, one of our team leaders had on her heart this family that they met in a playground of all places. Victor was um, a young Russian boy. He was over with his mum and his sister, and they had locally moved to the city of Cuenca where my team leader was living at the time. And um, Victor had, I guess, uh, adopted Jamie as kind of a mum figure in his life because they were going through quite a rough patch at the time. Um, Jamie... And her family basically just felt to start to love this family and befriend them and would do practical things like make dinners for them, um, invite them over, just be friends to them. And the family was a really strong atheist family. They um, were not opposed to the Christian faith, but obviously were not. They were open to the friendship from the family, but weren't really open to the gospel. 
So um, Jamie just was faithful in loving this family and befriending them and staying connected with them. Anyway, Victor heard that we were coming over and he reached out to Jamie and said, you know, do you have time in your schedule? I want to see you. I'm going through a rough patch and I want to connect and talk to you. And, and we didn't have time. So she invited him along to one of the services we were going to be at. And a long story short, she got held up. She couldn't make it. She was going to meet him outside and have a chat and he was going to go home on his way. He wasn't even going to come into the service. But she was late and so she said, just go in. Like the team will be there, they'll say hi, like you'll be fine, I'll come find you. Anyway, in the process of her being late, God met Victor in this church service and two of our team members went over to him. They felt led to share their testimonies with him and he ended up giving his heart to God. When Jamie arrived, she greeted him with a big hug and he was so excited. He said, I'm, he's like, I'm so confused, but I'm so excited about life and I'm so confused, but I don't know what just happened, but I'm so excited about life. And the, like the problem that he had and he wanted to talk to her, he never talked to her about it because he was just so infused with life and this hope that he'd just discovered. And we've heard since then that he's taken his mum and his sister to church with him since we've been um, and so I just want to set the precedent of testimonies that God really orchestrated moments and his pursuit of individual people was really evident the whole time we were there. And it's what really impacted me the most of his pursuit for us is so real. He'll go to any length to put the right person in the right time at the right moment so that they can encounter his love. And I tell you what, Jamie knew that if she had been there on time, they would have had a conversation, he would have left. So God just orchestrated the whole thing, which was amazing. Um, one evening, we were out in the red light district, and um, this was part of the outreach of Casa Suenos. They go out into the streets, and they meet with prostitutes. They go into the brothels if they can, and basically they form connection. They love these people. They have different projects, so when these women want to get out of prostitution, um, they can bring them into a home, they rehabilitate them, they counsel them, they do these, this amazing work with them. Hi, Grace. <laughs> um, and one night we went out and, um, man, so many things happened, but one of our team members, before he went out, he asked God for a word of knowledge, which basically God can give us a picture or um, a color or whatever it might be, like a, of something we might see along the way. So God had given him this shape of a spiral. And he thought, like, that's cool. I might see it on a sign or on a building. Anyway, as they're going out, he found it shaved into the side of a guy's head. And so he was able to go up to that guy and be like, God has us here for you tonight because he's given me the picture of a spiral that's shaved into the side of your head. And that guy was so blown away that God would see him and want to know him in the streets. That same night, um, another one of our team, we were approaching someone, he had a word of knowledge about suicide and um, a marriage breakdown. And so he took the risk and he went up to this guy and basically he said, you know, like God has shown me that I'm not sure if it's right or not, but are you battling with suicide? And has there been a marriage breakdown in your family? And this guy's brother had gone through divorce the day before, and this guy was planning to commit suicide. And he'd basically cried out to God and said, if you're real, you have to show me, like it's now or never. And so right at the, mo right, at the right moment, at the right time, 
our team came in with a word, took a risk and stepped out and was able to pray over the sky, release hope into the sky and see encouragement come. Um, we saw so many physical healings. Um, actually, one of the first ones that night I saw was a guy. We got so excited because we were seeing so many things and a guy was just approaching us with a limp. And so we were like, hey, and he's like, hey, we saw you had a limp. Can we pray for you? And he's like, oh, okay. Like, they're really, really open over there, which is amazing. So we prayed for him, and like within one minute, his leg went from an eight-degree pain down to a five, down to a two, down to nothing. And he was just astonished at, like, what just happened? How did my leg just become healed? Um, another church service we had, there was a man in the back, and we had kind of a Someone stood up the front and gave out words of knowledge for healing. And he had um, pain in his shoulders and his neck. And me and a teammate got to pray for him. And as we were praying, we had the word of knowledge about family pressure resting on his shoulders. And um, so we shared that word with him. He begins to weep. And so rather than lead him in a prayer of healing, we lead him in a prayer of surrender and letting go of the weight and the heaviness back to Jesus and Jesus' love refreshing him. As we did that, he received full healing into his shoulders, into his neck, all the pain, all the pressure left because of the encounter with God's love in that moment. Um, Another morning that was really special to me was we got to go and share at a girls' juvenile detention centre and a boys' juvenile detention centre. This is another part of one of the um, projects that Casamis Wenos do. And this particular morning, um, three of us shared our testimonies, which was really, just really special for me to be able to be part of that. And we led worship in this small room. I'm forgetting about the photos, sorry. You can just flick through them and they'll be there. Um, and anyway, we got to prophesy over each girl at the end. And these are girls ranging from, gosh, I don't know, maybe like 7 to 16. Like these are young girls from a range of backgrounds, um, hard girls, tough exterior, you know, in that kind of place you have to be. And I remember watching one girl in particular, and as we kind of went through the morning and shared and did worship, she just began to cry. And right at the end we got to prophesy over them, and she was the last in the line. And God had given me a word for her right at the start. And as I said to her, like, I've had a word for you at the start, she just began to weep. And um, she just cried as she received a word from God. And in a small little detention centre, feeling seen and known and pursued by God was so powerful for her. There was another little girl there that morning who also received words and And sometimes we plant a seed and we actually don't know whether it's right or whether it's significant or not. And we just trust God that something's hit the mark, right? And so we'd shared these words with some of the girls. We found out later from a staff member that um, this little girl had come up and said, how do these people know these things about my life? She had never smiled since she'd been there. She was really new to the detention centre. She couldn't stop smiling because our two team members had prophesied over her that they saw her drawing. And one in particular had said, I see you drawing um, a flower. 
And God just basically was like the simplest word. God really loves that you draw and he really sees that about you. And she'd gone up to the staff member and said, how do they know these things about me? I draw every day. No one knows. I put my book back into my drawer beside my bed. And she said, the last picture that I drew was a flower. And I was so, um, it sounds so simple, right? But I was so moved by the little things that God would say and speak to people that he knew would be what they needed to hear and to know to feel loved and seen by God. And it happened over and over and over again. Um, Another evening service we were at, um, one of my team members had a word for a leader. And this is significant for her because she'd had leadership wounds She'd kind of written off that she could ever speak to a leader or minister to a leader, and yet God gave her this prophetic word to share with a leader. So she began to share it. In the process, they said, hey, can you pray for um, the wife? And she was like, oh, yeah, okay, God, I'll pray for the wife. Like, let, let's be something small. But the wife says to her, oh, two weeks ago, I found out that my cancer has returned. I've had cancer before, um, and it's returned back. Would you pray for me? And so she's in this wrestling because she, one, has written herself off praying for leaders, has already given them this word, and two, it's like, oh, you've confronted me with a giant. Okay, God, like, let's pray for this person. Anyway, so she does that. In the process of praying for them and ministering to them, she gets touched by God because she's renewed with the fact that God can use her with anyone. And um, a few days later, if that's not enough, a few days later the husband comes running up to her and says, We just got the blood results, and she's totally cancer-free. The cancer's gone. There's no explanation for it, but the blood results are cancer-free. So we just had so many of these testimonies time and time again. Um, Another guy that we met, one morning we went treasure hunting. And um, for those that don't know what that is, it's basically you ask God for a picture or a color or whatever it might be, you write a list of any words you can to talk to him. And one of them particularly felt led to share his testimony with him. So he begins to share with this guy how he was stuck in sin, how he was stuck in addiction, stuck in depression, and um, how he couldn't get out. And Sebastian was his name. He said to him, like, how did you get free? He was resonating with this guy's testimony. How did you get free? How did you get out? And he'd shared that Sebastian was um, a Buddhist that he had been for, for um, a long time seeking the truth and had gone through multiple religions. And so he was curious, how did you get out? And, and Matt, my team member, was able to say, like, I couldn't. I actually couldn't until I met Jesus. And then Jesus transformed my life. And from there they shared the gospel with him. He received Jesus into his life. He said over and over to them, I've never felt so much peace. I've never felt so much love. And he said to them, I know you have the truth because I can see it in your eyes. And he said before they left, this is the best day of my life. Um, They could connect him right there and then because they had a translator from a local church with them. So they exchanged numbers. They connected him into the local church. Um, And just we just had so many testimonies like that. Like that's just one in, in a haystack of many, which is amazing thing to have to sift through testimonies. Um, yeah. What else? Yeah. 
one evening, um, one evening I felt a bit flat and I, we'd had so many testimonies and I truly had seen God do beautiful physical healings with people and, and um, yet yeah, it was the first day that I'd noticed, I think, comparison creep in and I thought, oh, like that person saw someone give their heart to God today. And I just like gave someone a flower and said like a prophetic encouragement and like, yeah, like they were happy. And but I was like, oh man, I need to do more. Like I've got to share more. I've got to step out more. And, and I just started feeling discouraged in this particular day. And that night I went to a team member and um, basically just said, you know, can you pray with me? Because I just need to shake off this discouragement. And as they prayed, they said to me, God doesn't expect any more from you. And for whatever reason, I can't remember anything else she said to me that night, but I went back to my room and that stayed in my mind and I felt God say to me, I'm so glad you're here. It wasn't anything to do with having stepped out that day. He just said, I'm so glad you're here. And then he reminded me that all I had to do was love the person he put in front of me that it wasn't my job to weigh up what a significant outcome was, that it was his job. It was his job to know what was significant for that person, that the picture of a flower was significant for that little girl, that a word of hope was significant for the man who might have been committing suicide, that a healing was significant for that man who walked past our team and his leg got radically healed. You know, like it's not our job to determine what is significant. It's his job, it's our job to be obedient. And anyway, I felt this weight lift off of me and I was like, oh, I don't have to perform. I don't have to, I don't have to do more than what he asks of me. I just have to love the person he puts in front of me. And I stepped back into just this, oh, I know your love, I know your delight again, God. And, and out of that, I can be obedient. And the coolest thing was the next morning we got to be part of an outreach who um, they work with low socioeconomic families, children off the streets. They have this, I think it's every Saturday, they set up um, like a medical tent, a counselling tent, they have food, they have like a a really holistic set up for kids and families to come in and receive basic needs. And um, I got to be on the ministry tent and we had these kids come up to us and I should add that the whole time we have translators, right? Because I could say like, hi, my name is Hannah, and then they'd keep talking and I wouldn't know what they're saying. So we have translators the whole time with us. And we had these six kids kind of come around us, and at start we were giving them words of prophecy and encouragement, but the more kids that there were, they were like, what, do we, what should we do here? And I was with um, one of our team leaders, and I just said, you know what, like, let's just ask them if they want to experience God's love and see what happens. So we began to do that, and six children, one after the other, began to have these encounters with God. And they would be distracted and busy, and then as we prayed, they would just stop and receive, and then they'd kind of after like quite a while, we'd be like, what are you seeing, or what are you experiencing? And they'd say, oh, I saw light. Or one boy was weeping, and he said, I saw Jesus show me my uncle in heaven, and I heard him tell me that I would get to see him again. One little girl said, I felt peace come around my head. Um, And she ended up giving her life to God. 
One little boy just like went totally out and said, I felt fire in my hands and saw light as I closed my eyes. Like just these beautiful moments with Jesus as we just chose to love the kids in front of us and let them experience the love of God. And it was such a redeeming moment for me actually because I was like, oh, I don't have to I don't have to strive, I don't have to perform, like, I just invite God to love these kids. And then one after the other, they went out, and I was so impacted by that moment. Um, but I really, like, I could go on and on, so come and talk to me if you want to hear more testimonies. But I really wanted to draw attention this morning to his pursuit of us and his love that seeks us out. He is in pursuit of us every single day, every moment, not just the lost, but you and I as well as the loss. Like, he could have corrected me in that moment, in that evening, and convicted me and said, like, Hannah, get rid of your discouragement. Like, you should be enjoying the fact that someone's blessed you to come here. But what he chose to do was say, like, I'm so glad you're here. Just remember my love for you. And out of that, you'll remember the love that I have for the person I put in front of you tomorrow. And I just really felt this morning that he wanted to remind some of us of his pursuit for us, of his love for us, of his kindness towards us, that same kindness he would show to a little girl in a detention center is the same kindness he would show to you and I. It's the same kindness he would show to my team member who needed to be healing of pastoral wounds. And yet in the process, someone else had a miracle. It's that love that seeks us out. It's that love that doesn't give up. It's that love that says, I'm just so glad you came this morning. You thought you had to come and give me something, but I'm just so glad you're here. Like I think one of you needs to hear that this morning. He's just so glad you're here this morning. Um, not that long ago, I was sitting on the deck with Grace, and um, the Crafty Girls have already heard this, but I felt to share it again. We were playing with her kitchen cups and she was filling up her teapot, and she was running over to me and filling up the cup that I was holding, and she'd run away again, and she'd get more teapot water and fill it up again, and to the point where my cup was full, and yet she'd still run back over and tip it in, and it would overflow again. And I was saying, like, oh, Grace, that's enough, like, it's full now. And she was laughing and continuing to pour it in until it was overflowing, overflowing, overflowing. And I just had this moment where the Holy Spirit said to me, like, Hannah, that's how it should be. We're not made to receive, run away, pour it out, run back, receive, run away, pour out. We're meant to stay in a place of abiding where we're overfilled, where we're overflowing, and out of the overflow we get to minister to others. You know, this morning I was just thinking about that quote. Um, If you've heard it before, it's, I think it's by Bill Johnson, but it's um, the Holy Spirit is in us for us, but he's on us for others. And it just hit me this morning of how does it get on us in the overflow, right? Because when the cup is being filled, that's in us for us, but when the cup is overflowing, that's on us for others. And so I felt this morning, you've been charged with, you know, like step out and charged with be filled with the Holy Spirit, I want to charge us with come back to knowing him, come back to being filled by him, come back to experiencing his pursuit of us, because it's in that place that we are transformed in our desire to love and impact other people. And right at the start of our trip, 
um, we had a, the leader of Kasama Sweno share with us. And one thing she said really has stuck with me since. And it was that, um, stuck with me since and now I can't remember it. It was that we have to know, sorry, sorry, let me go back. In order to have hope and love, she was talking about the people they work with, but in order to have hope and love for the people on the streets, for the prostitute, for the homeless, for the street kids, whoever it might be, in order to have love for the mums that we might get to work with in this um, pregnancy centre, in order to have love and hope for the neighbour or your colleague, we have to know love and hope for ourselves. And her challenge to us was over this trip, let him show you his love in a way that he hasn't before. Which is a cool thing to say when you're like, oh, but I'm here to serve. Yet he's still in pursuit of us. He was still in pursuit of me. I felt his kindness in ways that I have not experienced in such a long time. And so reminded of his pursuit of me that he's so much better than we think he is. But sometimes we actually have to come back before we step out, we have to come back to knowing his love. Because in the place of knowing how loved, how pursued, how connected, how redeemed, how much he seeks me out, in that place of knowing, I moved to want to bring other people into that place of knowing. If I do it without that, it becomes about performance. And it's really easy to shift into that line. Because I was on a mission trip and I did it. <laughs> and I just feel his, his really gentle reminder this morning that come and be filled again. Come and be filled with me. You know, before I went over, just to end is one last testimony. Sorry, I'm at 30 minutes. Before I went over, um, like I said, I was really overwhelmed about leaving Grace. And God began to really reveal to me what it looked like to surrender. That I thought control and safety were the right link. And he said, surrender and safety are the right link. That when you are surrendered to me, you're in the safest place you can be. And when I stepped through that airport, I had been overwhelmed. I had to keep leaning into God. And when I stepped through that airport security gate, I felt this overwhelming peace come around me and I felt that covering the whole duration of the trip of this abiding peace that settled around me and the promise he'd given me was that uh, you will keep in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on you and I really had to keep readjusting my perspective readjusting my lens to be fixed on him to let go of control and worry and to surrender and come back into a place of safety and peace in him And his faithfulness was that I never once felt anxious. I never once felt scared. I never once felt stressed managing three airports by myself, coming home. I knew that I could trust him. And that was his pursuit of me personally, let alone the miracles and the breakthrough I saw for others. Um, So I'm going to wrap up there, but what I felt this morning is that How's your cup doing? (laughs) What's in your cup this morning? Does it feel empty? Does it feel full? Does it feel half full? Do you actually just need to re-know the kindness and love of God? 
Do you need to be topped up to overflow so that the Holy Spirit is on you to impact the person beside you? Do you need to experience healing because his love looks like healing? His love looks like miracles. His love looks like breakthrough. And I can say it confidently because I've seen it. And I've experienced it and I've known it for myself. Ephesians 3.16 says, May he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self, indwelling your innermost being and personality, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And may you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love, be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, God's people, the width and length and height and depth of his love, fully experiencing that amazing endless love and that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ, which far surpasses knowledge which is without experience that you may be filled up throughout your being to all the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives completely filled and flooded with God himself. Can we stand together for a second? Can you just close your eyes and picture that cup that you have, that you walked in with this morning? I just keep being reminded of that man, that dad at the back that I got to share that word with, who came for healing from his shoulders, but he walked, what he walked out with was comfort from God. What he walked out with was the love of his father having seen and known that he was carrying a weight that wasn't his. And he left with healing as well. God, I just thank you that you know each and individual person in this room. You know the ones who just needed to hear, thank you for coming today. You know, the ones that need to hear to step out and love the one that you put in front of us. You know, the ones that need to be reminded that what they're sowing now, they might see the harvest for in five years' time. You know, the ones that need to hear that when they let go of control and surrender, your peace will be their portion and your covering will protect them and guide them going forth that we can trust you with our kids. And God, I just pray right now that as we lift our cups to you, you would come supernaturally and fill them again to overflow. Would you remind us of your love? Would you remind us of your pursuit? Would you remind us of your kindness? Even just take a minute right now to ask him, God, when, when have you been kind to me recently? When have you shown me your faithfulness recently? And your kindness and your pursuit of us so that we would be transformed into your image to draw others into that same experience of your love.
And God, I just release right now, impart faith, I impart hope, I impart the confidence of knowing that you are trustworthy, that you can do anything, that you would move mountains to pursue the one. God, even for some of us who have been worried about individuals in our family, that we've carried heavy burdens because of the one that we've been thinking about, I just pray right now for release of burdens, that you would remind us of your pursuit of them, that your love is running after, your goodness runs after us all the days of our life. Thank you, God. Thank you that this week will be a turning point of knowing your love in a deeper way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.